murderers decoding the crime verse. 911, what's your emergency? Welcome to Decoding the Crimeverse. I am Nolte Lee. And I'm here with Danny. And Danny chose this horrible topic. That's you know why what? she's quiet. No. Because she's no. sad up, about the topic up, that up. she chose. No, I'm not sad <laughs> because this child didn't even bother to watch the full video. Listen, you know that it's I told her case. from the beginning that this video creeps I me don't out. Care. Of all the videos on the channel I've watched, the only ones I don't watch is the stuff about ghosts and this one. And there's a reason. I've skipped past it. Every time we've chosen a topic, well, you know it what? freaks me Look out. Look at your closed little mind. Fine. Well, today we are, well, we are speaking about this man. Or, well, it was a group of people known as the monster with 21 faces. Just imagine okay. that. Like, what are we, a crime show or Ghostbusters? Because at this point, we might as well change ourselves if to decoding the, research, the ghosts. You would not, decoding oh the monsters. Why don't we just go and find Bigfoot? Let's go to America and find Bigfoot. Go. Why would I go and find him? <laughs> like, Cause you we are not a Ghostbusters monster fan show. It's not a We're a crime show. It's a group of criminals. Okay, but like did you the hear the beginning Panthers. of the video and the music? It just sets you up for horror. That's what it does. And like, I was not in the mood at night to... Freak yeah, myself well, it's out. It's not my fault she left this research to the night before. I choose nice topics. Last week's topic was a quality topic. Anyway, in the 1980s, Japan faced a series of cryptic candy centric crimes from kidnapping to hundreds of letters taunting the police to poisoning candy with cyanide. The monster with 21 faces became a menace to society and the case remains unsolved. She's not even listening to me. I am listening. He became a menace to society and the case remains. Would you like to do the show today? No, I would like to do the show. I just don't understand why we are fighting about a monster with 25 faces when we could be doing serious crimes. If you even understood what the name... Anyway, I'm going to tell you the story and then we'll get into the theories because I might just... On March the 18th, 1980. Anyway, like she said, March 18th, 1984. Now, I cannot speak Japanese. Katsuisha Izaki. I apologize. Katsuisha. Okay, he is the head of the... Candy manufacturer Izaki Glyco and he'd been enjoying a bath in his home in Osaka and suddenly two hooded armed assailants broke into his home and kidnapped the naked Izaki. The next... Couldn't they like let him put clothes on first? Listen, I don't know. The next day, a ransom demanded that Izaki's company turn over a billion yen and a hundred kilograms of gold in a specified phone booth, which is equivalent to $10 million today. Two days later, however, before the ransom was paid, Izaki escaped. He managed to work loose his ropes, break down a door, and then found two railroad, ro- railroad, railroad employees to help him contact police while he was still wearing the clothes from the assailants. Luckily, they gave him clothes. Yeah, I was about to ask, was he like running down because the street naked? Because if I saw a naked man I'm running. out of a warehouse, I am running. <laughs> okay. Unfortunately, he had no idea who his captors were and... 
well, obviously their their plan for ransom had collapsed drastically. The people behind the kidnapping, however, did not let them get this down as they demanded four hundred and eight thousand dollars, threatened to po- threatening to poison Glyco candies with cyanide if they didn't receive the money. The group then snuck into Glyco headquarters and set some of their property on fire. However, despite the growing list of crimes, the authorities were at a loss to pin responsibility on whoever was targeting the company. And this was a problem because in Japan, well, crimes, the police were basically very good in the 1980s. And to give you some idea, I'm going to give you some stats. So in Japan, they solved 97% of murder cases. Jeez, why don't we have mm-hmm. more Japanese people on the FBI? 55% of thefts, which was compared to the US, which was 73% of murders and 17% of thefts. Why don't we have the Japanese working in the CIA really, I, and the I, I, FBI? I don't know, okay. And failing to get to the bottom of who was behind these crimes put a black dot on the police's reputation one newspaper even stated we do not recall a case in which criminals have made such fools of our police unfortunately the cops it only became more embarrassing for them because no one was more disappointed in the cops than the criminals themselves what (laughs) on april 8th the press received what would be one of its Well, it's first of what would be a hundred letters of the criminals over the next year and a half. And they taunted the police and even tried to help them do their job. And I'm going to quote some passages. It read, To the stupid police, are you idiots? What are you doing with so many people? If you were pros, you would catch us. Because you guys have such a high handicap, we're going to give you some hints. The letter also proceeded to debunk a few theories. The one was that it it proved that it wasn't an inside job and it wasn't the owners of the warehouse that Izaki had been kept in. Okay. The letter went on to give police clues informing them the color car they used which was gray and naming the grocery store which they bought their food it continued if you can't catch us after this much info you guys are just thieves of the taxpayers money should we also kidnap the head of police and the letters came pouring and pouring in so these guys wanted to get caught uh, i think they were just confident enough that they wouldn't get caught I was about to say something, but I don't think I'm allowed to say that. Say it. I can't say it on air. Oh. Tell me after. <laughs> <laughs> the group had a knack for getting public attention and leveraged the media to ensure their threats and crimes were widely reported. The letters often provided unseemingly random details, such as the gate they'd used to enter a factory or the model of typewriter they had written on. However, none of these clues were useful and provided no means of catching these criminals but it just proved that the police were more incompetent all the evidence actually that was left at the crime scenes were either stolen or mass produced which meant that it was impossible to trace the letters were the letters though had one clue that stood out was that the dialect was it showed it was someone from osaka which is a like place in japan However, yeah. this didn't lead anywhere. They couldn't. <coughs> you can't then look at the whole population of that area. Yeah. By June, the criminals began referring to themselves as the monster with 21 faces. It referred to a 1939 children's story by. You can try the name. 
Erogawa Rampo. That one mm-hmm. called The Mystery Man with 21 Faces. The Mystery Man with 21 Faces is a thief um, who would basically stir up newspapers every day and was so adept at disguises that he could be anyone. And I'm going to read you an extract from the book. Up until now, no matter how many people have been called up, they haven't been able to stop this dreadful gang. There is one particularly strange feature of this gang. When they have set their sights on a particular object or artifact, without fail, they will send a letter of warning announcing their intentions, the date, place and object of the planned crime. Even though they're criminals, perhaps they don't want to engage in an unfair battle, or perhaps they want to show that no matter how many precautions are taken, they can still commit the crime with great skill. Wait, what children's stories did this again? Listen, if this was... This Japanese is, this children. Is, this, is, <laughs> this is how we got serial killers, guys. This no, is the books the serial killers like, are reading. But that's also why the cops are able to solve so many crimes. Because as kids, they read <laughs> this. this. I was like, thinking the same thing. What kids book? <laughs> I mean, when I was a kid, I was reading Magic Faraway no, Tree. reading potty something would put the pot on the kids. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, that's a nursery rhyme. Funny things were happening in Danielle's you know house. I was reading Nancy Drew. That's actually what I was reading. By September 1984, other Japanese confectioner um, Morinaga and co. began to receive extortion letters threatening action if the sender didn't send uh, $410,000. According to the police, Morinaga never made the payment. On October 8th, a Japanese newspaper received the following letter. Two moms. Throughout Japan in autumn, when appetites are strong, sweets are really delicious. When you think of sweets, no matter what, you say it's Morinaga. We're, we've added some special flavor. The flavor of potassium cyanide. It's a little bit bitter. It won't cause tooth decay, so buy the sweets for your kids. We, <coughs> I'm choking. We've attached a notice on these bitter sweets that they contain poison. We've put 20 boxes in stores from Hikata to Tokyo. This sounds like a severe case of Dennis the Menace. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> it's, it's, it's unique. The same day, but. packages of cookies and candies were found in grocery stores throughout the pa- Japan labeled Danger Cyanide. 18 packages were discovered and um, not all of them contained cyanide, but one had enough to kill a person. That's crazy. Because then you're killing children. Mm-hmm. Perhaps... Because of the warnings, no one actually consumed the tainted candy, but they had threatened that the next time it would be 30 boxes and it would not be labeled. For the next two weekends, 40,000 officers staked out grocery stores across the country. However, the stakeouts yielded nothing and they didn't actually seem like they went through with the threat. So it didn't seem yeah. like they actually went and poisoned the the foods investigators did however find surveillance video on october 7th showing a suspect with permed hair glasses and a baseball bat placing something on a shelf where poison candy was later found however it was bad quality camera bad lighting and the security tape hadn't been changed in over a year meaning that they couldn't actually get a good image so that's brilliant um the images became known as video man very original 
<laughs> and was released to the public, but he was never found. In addition to the grainy videotape, phone calls attempting to extort money were released to the public. However, disturbingly, the voices were not of those of hardened gangsters, but a woman and a child. Hectic. And the public then began to wonder, okay, who really is behind yeah. the monster with 21 faces? By March 1985, 31 food companies had been harassed by Japan's um, get this gang and the well the police were still baffled by the case. Sometimes the company being extorted would actually pull the money together and pay. However, the monster with 21 faces never actually picked up their money because they assumed correctly that the police would be waiting for them. In one instance, 21 Faces instructed Glyco representatives to wait for a phone call at a truck stop, but a plainclothes policeman went instead. The next day, a letter came through saying, so you guys thought you could fool us dressed up in your nice businessmen blue suits acting like salarymen, but we can tell immediately those shifty eyes gave you away. Okay, it just seemed that the monster with 21 Faces was ahead of them on every step. On the flip side, however, they never actually collected any of the money they had demanded. Yeah. Uh, on August 12th, 1985, a year and a half after the first kidnapping of Izaki, 21 Faces sent their last letter announcing they would stop. Um, the police had used over 130 police officers and received over 28,000 tips. But what they were left with was a stack of letters, a list of crimes and a humiliated police agency. Maybe that was just their goal. You know what? I don't think they had a goal. I think you're right. It's like Dennis the Menace. It's just people wanting to cause problems. I mean, 31 food and candy companies. When you go... And now, you've seen in the news these things have been threatened. Are you going to go buy those products? Nope. No. So, that's 31 companies who've now been affected. It, it could have huge economic blow on the food industry. Do you get what I'm saying? I'm yeah. not going to the grocery store. I'm, I am... I am growing my own veggies in the garden. Just like someone doesn't eat Nestle now. But could it have... Sorry. I'm just reminding you guys. Just in case you see her Listen, somewhere I with the not, Nestle I, I have not chocolate eaten, bite I hand. have not eaten Nestle since that day. And it is now four months later. Could it not have been a smaller candy store? Or candy company. Well, we'll get into theories, okay. but I, I just feel, you know, like the group Anonymous, the hackers. Yeah. I feel like they're them. They just want to cause trouble. You get what I I'm saying? I so, but we will speak about it. Okay, so the first theory was that Izaki was in on it from the start and it was an inside job. The theory was particularly popular at the beginning of the crime because most people didn't believe this man could have escaped on his own. However, there's no actual evidence to back up this theory, and it was suspicious. However, it was suspicious that Morinaga's candy was poisoned while Glyco's was only threatened. However, casting doubt on this uh, this theory was that even though no cyanide was found in Glyco's candy, they their business was greatly affected. At one point, they actually had to temporarily shut down production and had to lay off two thirds of their staff. Hectic. So, I mean, do you see what I'm saying? This yeah. could have been huge impact on economy. Yeah. So, I feel like, it's, do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. The second theory is one I think is quite interesting. Is that 21 Faces was someone seeking revenge on Japanese food companies. 
almost 30 years prior to 21 faces, a stabilizing agent in Morinaga's produced dry milk accidentally contained the poison arsenic. How you accidentally contain arsenic? I don't understand. I don't know. By June 1956, 12,000 infants had been injured. And although Morinaga had settled or had made settlements, the families of the infants and the infants were still affected. And by the time 21 Faces had begun, those infants would have been around 30 years old. So were they seeking revenge on the company that had made their life so difficult? However, then why did they attack the other 30 companies? Or was that just to cover what they were trying to do? Because Morinaga's was the only one who actually got poisoned. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? The third theory is that it was, well, a man named, again, Manubu? Yeah. Manabu Miyazaki. Miyazaki was somehow involved. In November 1984, after the cyanide poisoning, it showed that the 21 faces meant business. Okay. And at one point, 100 million yen was supposed to be dropped off at a specific drop-off site. Police surveilling the drop-off um, saw a suspicious box-eyed man who g- and gave chase. However, the suspect eluded capture, but they did find a stolen car which had a police scanner inside. The authorities released the sketch of the box-eyed man, leading to the identification of Miyazaki. The sketch was apparently so true to life that his own mother believed that it was <laughs> him, and she was from Osaka, so that's the dialect that was the letters. Yeah. He is also the son of a Yakuza boss. Now, the Yakuza is basically like the mafia of Japan. Yeah. He had been known cr- a known criminal and had organized anti-police action in college and had already been arrested several times. They thought this was the break in the case that they needed, but however, they he had a rock-solid alibi and there was no evidence to back this theory. In his memoir, deta- detailing his life, he confessed to a whole bunch of crimes, not to anything with 21 faces, but the book cover is the sketch that the police re- released when they caught him in that chase. Well, when they were going to, when they were surveilling and he got away. And even though he wouldn't have collected that 100 million yen because he obviously ran away, he made over more than that in book sales. So I don't know. I don't think it's him. I feel like that's could be him. It could be him. But I like the theory of the revenge of the babies. <laughs> the babies came back. I think it could be him. I think it could be this guy. Because he would have been in his 40s then. Do you think it was just him alone or a group? I think he's smart enough to do it. I mean, if you grow up with the mafia as your... I just looked at a picture of him now. As your... Like, there's so much you can do. And there's so much you know about like, the cops I, I as well. I suppose that's true. And I suppose then to cause trouble with, like, the economy. I mean... Or maybe it was a distraction for something else the that mafia also was could doing. could be true, but... That was the only thing I found weird about this case. It was like no clear objective. They just suddenly stopped one day. Yeah. Just kind of like, bye, we're done now. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Like other people, like the Pink Panthers, we know they're jewel thieves. Yeah. But what was the point of this? They didn't even get any of their ransomed money. I don't think they wanted to. Might have been a distraction. Distraction or revenge for the babies. Yeah. The babies I'm coming back you. would really be cool. <laughs> 
Yeah, it was it was different. I thought I thought the whole fact that they sent all these letters over a hundred and the police weren't able to get anything out of that. I thought that was quite interesting. Yeah. And just the name, the monster twenty one faces, like that's 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 cool. <laughs> Despite Nolene's hatred of it. It's us. weird that he says monster because his name is Miyazaki. Whatever. Miyazaki. Yeah, so that is it for this week. We've never done a a blackmailing case. We've had yeah. ransom notes. And we've never done something in Japan. Yeah. You see, we keep it fresh here on Decoding the Crime <laughs> Bringing you all these different topics. Anything but I guess like to add? when I look at this case, I think of like Japanese people as like um, what I see in the movies with like the, what do they do in Japan? Do they do... Um, uh, <laughs> it's not karate, right? Is it karate in Japan? I don't know. What do they do? Taekwondo or whatever. I look at oh. it as the karate dudes literally jumping Eating from sushi. building to building. The ninjas. Exactly. That sort of vibe. So for me, it's not even like gun chases and stuff. It's you know like, what? you know, wah, what my, wah, brother, wah. my brother once asked this question. Does every country have ninjas, but Japan's ninjas are just so bad that we know they exist? I don't think. I think they're the originators <laughs> of the ninjas. <laughs> no, but it was just a thought. I was like, David, what are you doing with your life? Um, when I think of Japan, I think of the cherry blossom trees and sushi. Yeah. I definitely think it's this guy. He's the guy. It's him. Mafia guy. I actually want to... What they were re- trying to distract maybe from. Maybe read his book, his memoir. Maybe yeah. find out everything he did. Because the fact that his mother recognized the sketch. Exactly. I mean, if your mom says it's you, it's you. But, like, why only that drop was he wanting to get the cash? Or was it just that that drop, they they caught him watching there? I think he was at every drop. Yeah, he, he just wasn't going to collect. I just love how he was always a step ahead of the police. Yeah. Like, I love that. But we growing up it. with the mafia, wouldn't you learn that? I mean, the Yakuza is a scary business. Yeah. I, I wouldn't want to be involved there. Um... But, yeah, I suppose you'd be quite a talented criminal yeah. and evasive. He was in his 40s, though. I'm disappointed. You just don't want to marry someone's father. No. He was, like, 40. But Japanese people look young even if they're old. So. Yeah, they've got babies. This guy looks 40. I'm sorry. I promise you it's this man. Okay, so you think it's him? Yeah. I think it's him or the babies. I think it's him. <laughs> well, that is it for this week. From now until next time, no mourners, no funerals. Like what you're listening to? Follow us on Gap and Twitter at ActiveFM, Instagram at ActiveFM777, and Facebook at forward slash ActiveFM.